0: Man, what a, what a pleasure it is to be with you guys! I tell you, I just love this church, um, and there's there's definitely a, an expectation you can feel here. And it so pleases the Lord. And it, I started, I like what you are doing, the whole language thing. It's so tough. You know, it's like, you know, we we can get pretty, uh, pretty lazy, you know, knowing English. Because everybody wants to learn English, but learning other languages, not so many people are getting into, you know, others' languages. But, you know, in these countries, everybody wants to learn English because it's a way of, you know, especially in Ukraine, it's a way for them to get ahead. And so I started trying to, and I, you know, thank God for, you know, Apple has this this deal where you can go in and you, know, you get through iTunes. You can learn Russian in your car. So I'm probably the worst because I, you know, I, I butcher the language. But the thing is, I'm trying. So you know, I want to greet someone. I "It's Privyet, and, and and how are you doing? It's Kogdila. And I say, ochen horosho you're doing good, and then you say, "Kak вас what's your name, меня Andrew, and you say, it's nice to meet you. And, I, and what I've learned to say is, "Is я jane очень хорошо говору Govoru I'm sorry, I don't speak Russian very well. So... <laughs> I learned those, those are the important things. Or I can say, skuka a toy, how much is this? But when they tell me how much it is, I don't know what they're saying. So I can say, etasliskum durga, that's too expensive. (laughs) I got no idea what they're saying. And and, uh, so, but the thing is, in learning language, what's important for us is that there's a language of heaven that we need to understand because our yeses are what, opens the door for what God wants to do. And so for Darn, our our yes to him is what started us on this adventure. And I'm sure your yes to him started started you on this adventure to where, you know what, God has, he's put something in me and I can feel it. Ever since I was a little kid, I remember my mom would, uh, she would pass out all the literature in the Methodist church. And so we would go one saturday a month and we would go and you know we'd pass out all the literature to the classrooms for their bible lessons and all that for you know sunday school lessons And I remember there was just something about me that was different. Like I was always drawn to go into the sanctuary, and the Bible was always open. It was just real pretty. There's all this wood and gold stuff around. And I just just felt God's presence, almost like he was at a young age. He was calling to me like, Andrew, I want to do something special with you. I want to do something special with you. And this is what God wants to get across to us. He wants to do something special in each of us. And each of you have a mission he's placed you specifically here for. And it's your yes that will get you there. The world comes against you and says the reasons why you can't do something. That's a lot of what I'm going to talk about today. I believe God has given me a prophetic word for the church body that's so important because it's important for us to get healthy. There's a thing that I always used to hear was called a joy. It was Jesus, others, yourself. Don't follow that. (laughs) It needs to be Jesus, you, Than others because intimacy is so important. If you're not intimate with the Father, if you're not taking care of your relationship with God, if you're not in the secret place getting to know Him, you're not going to be any good for anybody else. So don't put people above that. You're not, listen, on judgment day, you're not going to take anybody else with you. It's just going to be you and the Lord. So make sure you get right with Him. It's like that whole thing in the airplane. Hey, before you help somebody with their oxygen mask, make sure yours is on first because you don't need to pass out while you're helping them, right? So put your oxygen mask on. Get healthy because God has something that he's called you to do, that he wants you to do, that you need to get healthy for. Now, um, uh, there's the scripture we're going to talk about today. It's out of Proverbs 9, 13 through 18. I think I said, did, did y'all get that? I know I sent it through email. I don't know if you got it or not, but uh, yeah, that's, that's part. I'll read, I'll read the whole thing. It says, uh, there is a spirit named Foolish who is bolsterish and brash. She is seductive and restless. And there she sits on the gateway to the high places, on her throne overlooking the city. She preaches to all who walk by her, who are clueless to what is happening Come home with me, she invites them. She invites those who are easily led astray, saying, Illicit sex is the best sex of all. Our secret affair will be sweeter than all others. Little do they know that when they answer her call, that she dwells among the spirits of the dead, and all her guests will soon become citizens of hell. And so... I believe that's an important scripture for us. And know it sounds like, whoa, that's pretty heavy. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> it's just The Lord hit me during this quiet time that I was spending with him. And he hit me with that scripture because I believe it's a very important scripture and it's a key for what we're going through. Now, when I was a kid, I, I don't know about you know when you were a little boy, but when I was a little boy, man, I just did the dumbest stuff. I mean. Just plumb stupid. Like I would just do crazy stuff playing with, you know, tobacco sticks. We went to my grandma's, we played with tobacco sticks. We beat each other with those. We had dirt clog fights. We we jumped our bikes off of stuff. We need an adult to tell us, hey, that's not a good idea. You could die doing that, right? Because when you're a little boy, you just do Crazy stuff. I don't mean, know I how many you have little boys, but you notice they have this, this daredevil thing inside of them. It's just little warriors running around, getting in trouble, doing bad stuff. Well, when I was a kid, look, th- this is all the stuff that my body has endured. Let's see. I broke my femur, separated my shoulder twice, shot with a pellet rifle, hit in the head with a golf club. Let's have a scar right here. My brother almost killed me. Uh, broke my arm, broke my wrist, stapled my finger, ruptured my Achilles tendon, cut by number numerous knives, most of them my fault, punctured by nails, sticks. I stopped counting the sprained ankles. And the thing is, about it, my brother was it seemed like he was always there. He was always it, when, when he got married. We, we had our uh, uh, the the uh, what was it the di- rehearsal dinner? And I got up and I said, brother, you were always there for me. When I broke my leg, you were there. You were chasing me when I broke my leg. When I was shot by a pellet rifle, you were there for me. He was the one that shot me with the pellet rifle. (laughs) All these things I started going through, he was always there for me because he was the one who was doing it. you know. So he was always there for me. So one of the things that happened, I broke my femur. Crazy break. I broke my, I believe it was my right femur. I was so young, I was like six years old. And I was running around a car because my brother was chasing me. How many of you got a brother like that? It just caused you to get hurt, yeah. Pl- plenty of brothers that have hurt you. So I was running around a car. I didn't have shoes on, and it was wet. I ran around a car, and all of a sudden, I did a split. I wasn't trained to do a split, especially running. So what happened is I broke my femur in a spiral spiral break, one of the worst breaks you can get, and it was a pulling break, so pulling from my knee, pulling from my hip. What they didn't see, because they were concentrating on this horrible break, is that I'd actually broke my hip. I had the ball of my hip I need a hip replacement. That's another thing that should be on there. I need a hip replacement because of my brother, right? So, the, the ball in my hip, my, you know, went to so see. I started having this all this pain in my hip. All the sudden. I was like, "What is going on, man? Do I have cancer? I've got some kind of contagious disease? I know I'm dying. Why am I getting all this hip pain in my hip?" And my doctor looks at me. He's like, "Man, your hip's jacked up. You don't have any cartilage left. It looks like a dog's been chewing on it." I was like, "Thanks, buddy." It makes you feel really good. you got a hip of a 70-year-old. I was like, at least i got that wisdom going for me right there. So I went to see the surgeon, and he said that the ball of my hip, there was displacement. So instead of being nice and round, it's like that. And so what's happened, ever since I was six years old, there was this injury inside of me that's been grinding down the cartilage in my hip to where all of a sudden the the nerves are being exposed. I have all this pain. And I've got a surgery coming up, so you guys can pray for me, either the first or the eighth. Hip replacement, crazy. At my age, I'm getting a full hip replacement. So there's this injury inside of me that started when I was six years old. And, and uh, the, thing, the thing I remember about my mom is like, you know, I know you, you guys had moms when you had cuts and you had abrasions and stuff like that. When I was a kid, they put this stuff on it called methylate or mercuricomate. How many of you guys had that? Okay, do you know why they stopped selling that? Does anybody know? You know why? It had mercury in it. Mercury, right? Mercury is highly toxic, and they put that on our wounds when we were kids. So when someone sits there and says, I I walked to school 10 miles in the snow, uphill both ways. Right? Like back in my day, that's for real, they were putting toxic stuff on our wounds. And I remember the thing that was so good because it, the stuff should have not been called methyl, it should have been called the fires of hell right because when you put it on there man it burned it burned so bad but what would mom do blow on it i don't know what it was but it was just magic right but but as a child what you do when when you hurt yourself you're you're almost embarrassed though, right you, you come up and 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 you're, you're like holding your wound. And mommy's like, "Let me see it. Let me see." It. No, I don't want it. No, just let mommy see it. Mommy's want. Let me see it. And when she looks at it, what does she say, "It's not so bad," right? And then, she said, yeah, yeah, but it hurts. I know it hurts. It's okay. I'm gonna put some methylate on it. <laughs> <laughs> that has mercury in it. Because I want you dead now. (laughs) But then that thing, it's okay. I know it stings, but I'm going to blow on it. (sighs) You're like, okay, it does feel better. It feels kind of cool when you do that. (laughs) And so there was this wound inside of me that I didn't realize it was there. And, And what the Lord showed me is that as believers, we're walking around with wounds inside of us. That happened when we were children. We don't know that they're there. We know that there's something wrong with us. And these wounds that happen. If we don't lay them open before the Lord. Eventually they will stop our walk. So what's happened to me. Is over time. As these nerves started to be exposed. It's gradually stopped my walk. To where now. Where I stand up for too long. I start to get terrible pain. Inside of my hip. But. What God wants to do is he wants to heal those places in us because what happened was there was probably somebody who was supposed to take care of you, who was supposed to watch after you, who was supposed to protect you, but instead they hurt you. Instead they spoke words over you that have, are still with you to this day. But God's like, I want to fix that. When that surgeon looked at my hip, this is what he said, I know your hip's messed up and I know it hurts, but I can make that thing just like it's brand new. And so that's what Jesus says to us today. I want to make that like it's brand new. Because there's a destiny, there's things that he's called us to, and what happens is if we don't get those things fixed, the enemy calls out and says, you can't do that because you know what happened to you. You know what the enemy did to you. You know what that cousin did to you, that uncle, that father that was supposed to protect you. You know what happened to you. Why do you think you should take new ground? And so God wants to heal those things. And what he wants us to do is he wants us to come up to him and say, Daddy, I need you to fix this. I can't keep going on like this. And the father's going to look at you and go, okay, let, let me see it. You're like, ah, I, don't, I don't know if I can let you see this. Let me see it. Now it's bad. It's really, and, 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 and it hurts. I know it hurts. But let me see it. You show it to him. What does he say? It's not so bad. I can fix that. It's going to sting a little, but I can fix it. And then he doesn't put methylate on it, thank God. (laughs) He puts the oil of his Holy Spirit on it and heals those places inside of us, right? And he blows on it. I know it hurts. I'm going to blow on it and make it better. And that's how tender the Father is. He doesn't want us to walk around with these wounds. He doesn't. Because he's got stuff for you to do. And as we look in the word of God and we look at the scripture, it says that there is a spirit named foolish who's bolsterish and brash. She is seductive and restless And there she sits on the gateway to the high places on the throne overlooking the city. She preached to all those who walk by her. They're clueless of what's happening. What it is is there's an enemy that's enthroned. Listen, the enemy has been given this place. It's not something you can pray the enemy off of this wall. The enemy is there. The enemy's there. The enemy's given a place on that wall. You're like, why is that? Why can't we do? Why can't we do battle against her? I guess you probably could in some ways. But there's a strategic place For the enemy there, that spirit that's there, foolish, calling out to whomever's trying to go to the high ground, whoever's trying to take new ground, she calls out. And what does she call out to? She calls out to those places inside of us that need to be healed. And as God inspires you and He says, I want you to do this, I want you to go to Ukraine. I want you to go to China. I want you to start this business. I want you to start this ministry. I want you to speak to the person down the street. I want you to speak to your your, your, your teller. I want you to speak to I want you to convey the love of Jesus to those around you. What the enemy says is, no, who do you think you are? You remember what happened to you. You're disqualified. You can't do that. See, we have to get those things healed because God has new ground for us to take, and we have to get healed of those things so we can go into the next place. We've been dealing with that in our home, just these, just dealing with these old childhood wounds that come up and they're like stumps in the garden we were talking about there There was a battle that happened where God probably chopped down the tree of pride in you there's a tree of pride in some of us there's a tree of jealousy lust all these things and as we as they're exposed God chops them down they don't affect other people anymore but the problem is is the stump is there the roots are still there and what God wants to do in this intimate place is he wants to go and of you, and he wants to remove that stump out of your garden so that when you go and you spend time with him, there's not this thing in there that can elevate someone who comes into your life, sits on top of that stump, then all of a sudden you're like, what is going on? I feel horrible. I thought I was done with this. Well, God's like, we still got to remove the stump. Those roots that have that went all through you because of some childhood injury God's knocked off the top part of it, but the roots are still there. The wound's still there, and God wants to heal that because he has new ground for you to take. He has a place he wants you to go, he wants you to go to there's things he wants you to do, and he needs you to get healthy. He needs you to put that mask on first before you start helping others and so I believe that God wants to do that today. if you guys want to come up and, and um Hit the music. So there are some verses that I think that are so important for us, and we didn't need to know this: is that for His workmanship, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, there's a destiny that God has called you to. There's a destiny on each of you, it doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter how young you are, it doesn't matter where you're at in life, God wants to deal with those things inside of you. He wants you to get right. He wants you to get healthy. And listen, the thing is, is that you feel it coming up. You feel that there's things inside. A lot of times the way you react to somebody, the, 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 those little times where your glass gets turned over and that stuff inside of you comes out, you're in traffic. That's when it hits me, right? I'm in traffic. Somebody does something crazy, and all of a sudden I just lose my mind. I'm like, what is that coming from? There's roots inside that God needs to deal with. And remember that spirit on the wall and thrown on the wall. That's a strategic position for us because when she calls out to those places inside of us that are wound, we can say thank you for showing me that. It's a place inside of me that's not dead. It's a place inside of me that needs to be submitted to the Lord. Thanks for showing that to me, enemy. Now I'm going to deal with it. Why is that enemy enthroned there? Because it's strategic for us. Listen, the enemy can only, he can only do stuff with your past. He's got nothing to do with your future. All he can do is remind you of what's happened to you. He's seen it all. So he tries to use that to manipulate you. Right? Tell you, you can't do something. You can't do that. Well, God wants to heal that. So when that thing comes up, well, a lot of times what we do is we attach it to someone else's face. We say, you believe what that person did to me? Can you believe the way that they talk to me? I'm not going to be treated that way. I've got rights. I've got No, no, no. At that point in time, when the enemy reveals that in you, don't look at that person. Look at the Lord. The enemy's trying to call out to something in you that needs to die. And you can say, hey, thanks, devil. Guess what? I'm going to take care of that now. Lord, I give this to you. Father, thank you that this has been revealed inside of me because I want to be transformed more into your image. There's more people that I'm going to reach because this thing has been broken over me, right? And what happened to me when I was, when I was in college? There was a time where I was with my uh, my uh, campus minister, and I went out front for prayer, and I began to mention to him about what happened to me when I was a kid. When I was one year old, my, my dad left me, and there was a wound inside of me. And he told me, he said, "Have you asked? Have have you forgiven your dad?" And I was like, "What? He left me." <laughs> Me for, I never, even thought, I never even thought about it. I actually wore it like a badge of honor. You know, like my dad left me. And sometimes I would even use it as a tool to manipulate people to feel sorry for me. And this man says, have you forgiven your dad? I was like, no. He said, you realize if you don't forgive your dad, you end up becoming just like him. And I don't listen. I can't give you a theological dissertation about that. But as soon as he said those words, I fell to my knees. I forgave my dad, and I declared my love for him. See, listen, unforgiveness is one of those things inside of you that has to be healed. You cannot continue to walk in unforgiveness. You can't. I don't care what someone did to you. It doesn't matter what it is. See, Christ died for everything that we did. Every sin. No matter how horrible it is, he died for those things. He's forgiven us. So we have to freely forgive others. Or since says if we don't do that, our Heavenly Father is not going to forgive us. It's very important that we do that. So I dropped to my knees. I, like I said, I can't give you some kind of dissertation on what happened. But what it did is it brought me to the threshold of forgiveness. As I passed through the door of forgiveness, that generational curse that was on me to become like my dad was broken. Because this is what God wants us to do. He doesn't want us to be transformed into the image of those we can't forgive. He wants us to be transformed into what he wants so that we can walk into the new ground. That when the enemy from that wall throws that that lure out to try to get us, we just smack it away and say, no, I have been forgiven. Uh, Those roots have been dug out. Now I'm walking into new ground that God has for me. The old is gone. The new has come. I'm walking into my destiny. And that's what he has for you today. So everybody just close your eyes, bow your heads. I think the Lord wants to do some surgery today. He wants to heal us. Listen, before we can do that, it's very important that we give your lives to Jesus. So if you're in here today and you haven't given your life to the Lord, I think it's the very first step we need to do is we need to make sure we accomplish that. So listen, if with every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you today, and you're like, Pastor Andrew, I, I don't know if I'd really know him. I, I haven't given my life to him, and I need to. There's something stirring inside of me. Like when I was a little boy, inside of that sanctuary, I could feel God calling. If God's calling you today, he's like, you need to give your life to me today. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand so I can pray for you. Just you raise your hand real high so I can see it, so I can pray for you. Jesus, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so now here's the next thing. And that's this. If you feel like, as I was speaking to you about these wounds that are inside of you as a child, and you could kind of feel that going, yeah, I need to deal with that. Listen, I'm not going to call you up front. (laughs) I'm not going to have you do it. I'm not going to embarrass you. God is right here with us, and he sees you. If that's you, and you're like, Pastor Andrew, I need to get healed from this. This thing keeps coming up in my life. I keep getting angry. I keep getting disappointed. I keep just just saying bad stuff and I'm ready for this to end today. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand up real high. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I see your hand awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else before we pray? I believe the Lord is here. His presence is here. He wants to heal you. He can take care of this today. If that's you, raise your hand up real high. If you haven't raised your hand yet. Awesome. I see your hand. Awesome. Awesome. Let's pray. Let's do battle together, all right, for these ones that have raised their hand. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that these people who have raised their hands, Father, are getting ready to walk in a, a, a new anointing, Father. They're getting ready to walk in a new revelation of your goodness, Father. As you heal them today, Lord, as you dig these stumps out of their garden, Father, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would bless them, Lord, that you would pour out oil from heaven right now in Jesus' name, God. That you would touch them, Lord, that you would heal their garden, Father. You would deal you would dig this stump out of their garden, Father, that they could walk with you Lord they could walk and their walk would not be stalled or stopped Father Lord we thank you Lord that you've got places for them to go you've got people for them to speak to ministries for them to start business for for them to start Lord you've got so much you want them to do and we thank you Father that right now you're removing those things in Jesus name you're removing those roots in Jesus name We thank you, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing. We love you, and we just pray, Father, you would bless each person today. Father, as they leave this place, I pray that they would feel your presence like never before, Lord. Father, they would not walk out of here the same way they walked in, but they would just have a new measure of faith and a new measure of love for you. We love you. We ask this in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much. It's been so awesome to be with you here.